Hello, welcome to Macro ESG, Markets, Politics, and Technology for a Sustainable Future. Today is Thursday, the 8th of October 2020 at 11.31 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. My name is Greg Beyer. Thank you for joining us. Today's piece is entitled, Trump Blowout Loss Likely, As More Blocks Oppose Him. Actionable Insights. The recent rise in U.S. government bond yields on the longer end, 7 to 30 years, indicates investors are already buying into the Biden win and $2-plus trillion of green infrastructure spend. Uh, So, I was completely wrong expecting the long bond, the 30-year, to fall to a zero yield, um, please see Trump leads the U.S. to a new low in global norms, uh, that piece uh, regarding that idea, uh, in a rush to uh, safety during a highly contested election that looks less likely. And um, all of this has also brought a firming of the U.S. dollar as well. As the House of Representatives prepares to take on the platform technology stocks, as covered uh, in a several macro ESG articles, a big topic that will absorb um, several more pieces shortly. It's a good time to diversify away from the liquidity-fueled names. Whenever Trump says he'll do a stimulus deal and the market goes up, sell a bit of the old portfolio, and when he says next that the deal is off, use the dip to buy the new portfolio of infrastructure names. Use the seesaw of Trump's strategy to get better average prices. Also noticeable is the solid performance of the RMB, uh, the Chinese yuan, as predicted in China builds investment alliances with oil suppliers via rising RMB and equities as U.S. squabbles. And will be a key theme of 2020 and 2021, really, so go with it. China is strong and getting stronger. The next round of political showdowns isn't going to start until after the Biden inauguration. More blocks oppose Trump. My goal was to end the election commentary on Tuesday, but rarely does one get to witness the total meltdown of a base of power in real time, as is currently happening with Donald Trump. So it's worth noting it in detail, as it will prove a useful reference later. Number one, Wednesday morning, Jonathan Farrow on Bloomberg Television reported just after 9 a.m., that Speaker Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Mnuchin were much closer on key points, uh, this is regarding stimulus, the stimulus bill, than Mnuchin was to President Trump. Now I understand why Trump came back. True to the power dynamics of a strongman dictator, he was losing control of his team, and they were starting to actually act responsibly for getting a stimulus package underway, particularly as Fed Chair Powell was pleading for action. This likely explains why Mark Meadows gave the anonymous uh, grave assessment of the president's poor health on Friday and why Trump took such risky and aggressive drugs to reverse his decline. Both Mnuchin and Meadows are already starting to think about life after the Trump administration and may even be responding to threats from Pelosi about negotiating how they'll be treated in the subsequent investigations 
into the Trump administration's failure of protecting the country from the coronavirus. Number two, news today that Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky said that he wasn't going to the White House for the past few months because he wasn't comfortable with the coronavirus for the uh, visitors there, says miles of words, particularly when he pointed out that in the Senate, they've kept their membership safe with much more rigorous standards. While this might seem, or this may seem to be an innocuous point, any kind of dissension is a big deal in the Trump world. McConnell kept Trump from being impeached, as these two are, as the old saying goes, thick as thieves. Number three, once the Trump team starts to think about managing their risk after the transfer of power, not an unreasonable perspective when the dictator is in hospital with a potentially fatal disease. I believe that they are currently negotiating their exit strategies from the sinking Trump ship. Trump can't fire his team right before the election, so he is being rendered politically ineffective in a brilliant slow-death chess move on the part of Speaker Pelosi. This will only make Trump more unstable and less electable. Number four, Trump's exaggerated claims that the medications that he took at Walter Reed are available to any American and were immediately echoed by Tucker Carlson on Fox News on Tuesday evening in his opening monologue is clearly infuriating senior citizens across America and leading to a total collapse of their support that has been instrumental. He even claimed today to be a, quote, senior citizen and He could barely contain his irony when he said it. So after losing the Hispanic vote that had supported him in 2016, this is the second key block that had supported him previously that he has now lost. Number five, men have lost 5.2 million jobs during the recession, while women have lost 6 million jobs, which is a first, as men tend to lose more jobs than women in recessions from working in cyclical jobs like construction and manufacturing. Conversely, women tend to work in airlines, doctor's offices, and restaurants, which are more stable. So this, and it's being like a recession, but it's being called a she-session, or women-centric recession, is shaping up to be the third key voter block against Trump. Number six, social media had inadvertently helped Trump in a big way during 2016. Now, the social media companies, in a bid to preemptively avoid being regulated, are aggressively shutting down robot accounts, disinformation campaigns, including one that uh, Facebook just uh uh, uh, you know, put the kibosh on that supported climate denialism and was funded by dark money, conservative dark money. A very big change. I'd rate this as the fourth big voter block that Trump has lost, particularly as the social media companies are aggressively driving big turnout the vote campaigns. As Republicans have typically benefited from voter suppression. Democrats will clearly benefit from increased voter participation. Seven, last but far from least, Trump was put, uh, was put over the top in the winner category in 2016 
by FBI Director Mark Comey reopening the emails investigation into Hillary Clinton shortly before the 2016 election vote. Trump is short on allies right now, particularly as it appears his closest people are starting to shift away. Trump has had his moment in the sun. The aberrant era is over. Number eight. In bastions of Trump's support, with just a month to go until the election and coronavirus infection rates still going strong in the United States, it is quite common to see amongst Trump supporters people who are not wearing face coverings in airports, parking garages, and grocery stores. A lot of people are going to get very sick. Just as the Rose Garden event for the new Supreme Court justice became a super spreader event, There could even be a pandemic amongst Trump supporters. Given that the president has been keen to promote the idea that mail-in ballots are not trustworthy, without any evidence to support that, these voters will not be able to show up if they are ill. As Trump won by a very narrow margin in really three states, this could hurt him. If the pandemic gets stronger overall, it may also turn people away from him, too. Well, not may turn people away. It surely will turn people away. Investment implications. We are living in extraordinary times. We are witnessing the end of the Reagan era and the start of an entirely new era in American and global growth. Rip up the old playbooks. An entirely new milieu is upon us that will last 30 to 40 years and be utterly transformational. Joe Biden is going to surprise everyone. I'm lucky that I have a signed letter from him when he was vice president. I think that it's time to get it out and have it framed. I wish you a very good, healthy, safe, and uh, prosperous day. Thanks for joining us. Take care.